Hello, brethren. Brother Bob here again. So in this podcast, I'm going to share some things that the church needs to hear. Now, much of what I share on this podcast is covered in more detail in other podcasts. Please check them out. Brethren, you're just not going to be taught most of the stuff that I share in my podcast. And I don't say that to boast or brag, it's just a fact. I can't remember the numbers of believers that I've shared sound doctrine with over the years who ask me, how come I'm not taught this stuff in my church? They say, why aren't my shepherds teaching me this stuff? I'll be honest. A lot of the shepherds don't know these truths either. But sadly, there are some shepherds who do know these truths of God, but refuse to teach them because they're more concerned about offending the sheep than they are about offending God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, I tell you the truth, Christ said, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's commandments will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment, and teach others to do the same, you will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. That's a promise from Christ. Now, a lot of you snowflake believers might not like how I share what I share, but get over yourselves. I'm not doing these podcasts to please people. Now, here's a simple example of what I mean when I say that a lot of the stuff that I share in these podcasts, you're just not going to be taught at your church. The true name of our Savior. Many of today's believers have become so biblically dull and biblically ignorant that they just don't see the error in using the name Jesus for our Savior. Because so many believers have become desensitized to knowing sound doctrine, they have the spiritual discernment of an eight-year-old. Again, I don't share that to be mean, it's simply a fact. And because most believers do not know the truths of scriptures very well, they will assume that what I'm sharing is not biblical or accurate. And that's sad because their false assumptions about my teachings is an example of the ignorant trying to correct the wise. I will always tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. The Lord knows that these days there's already enough shepherds tickling the ears of the sheep. So when I share a biblical truth or a historical truth or even a grammatical truth with you, I promise you that those truths are not my opinions on what truth is. In all my podcasts, I let my listeners know when I'm sharing my opinions. Now, brethren, I promise you that the stuff that I share in all my podcasts is shared with the intention of glorifying the Lord. Now, I'm quite aware that good intentions are not enough or not a good enough reason to assume that I'm glorifying the Lord. I know that I can only glorify the Lord if I'm using the truths of his written word or truths in general. God is not glorified by religious gibberish or spiritual babblings, no matter how pious and holy they might sound. The great I am is the God of truth and not opinions. John 17, 17, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Brethren, it's just not about being born again. Now, we continually strive to glorify God through teaching and obeying his truths because he first loved me. My born again experience was a real deal. It was a life-changing experience. And when I got born again, I became a brand new work in progress child of God. When I got born again, the Lord got my heart and mind to use as he desired. I was so excited about my newfound faith that I was telling everyone I knew about how much Christ loved them and what he did to show how much he loved them. I'm an ex-Catholic, and when I became a new believer, I was so excited about truth and God's word, I started sharing with all the Catholics in the church I was attending, and I was basically asked to leave the building because the, uh, the priest in charge of that operation said they didn't believe everything that was in the Bible was accurate. Go figure. I just don't get born-again believers who are not only not excited about sharing the love story of Christ with the lost people around them, they're also not excited about learning the truths of God's Word. Oh, there are all kinds of emotionally driven believers out there in Christendom 
running around in circles and babbling like idiots and jumping up and down, supposedly in a spirit, who don't have a biblical clue why they're talking and acting the way they do. I just don't get born-again believers who say they love the Lord and yet clearly don't love his written word for the church. Christ told his followers, that's supposed to be us, if you truly love me, then you will keep my commandments. And the way that I know that you don't really love me, Christ said, is when you don't obey my commandments. It's that simple, church. And brethren, that means obeying all of those commandments that the Lord has given his church. It isn't just the Ten Commandments that God's people in the church age are supposed to obey. There are literally hundreds of church commandments in the New Testament that Christ expects believers to diligently study and learn and then strive to obey. If we really want to love on Christ, we need to love on his word. What's really sad is the fact that I even have to share that concept with many of God's people today. Most in the church just do not see the significance or necessity of obeying those commandments that the Lord has given his church. Anyways, first thing I want to share is that I believe that for the most part, the church of the living God is biblically dead. Now, it's not spiritually dead, it's biblically dead. By that, I mean there are a lot of people out there in Christendom faithfully playing church, but they're doing that while not being faithful to God's commandments for the church. And I'm talking about supposed born-again Christian churches. Brethren, the good Lord didn't give his church all those commandments and instructions in the church epistles, expecting that his children would ignore them. And if you don't think it's possible for the church of God to become spiritually dead, it reveals your biblical ignorance. The Lord told the Bible church of Sardis, I know your deeds. You have a name on the building that says you are alive, but you are spiritually dead. Wake up. Strengthen what remains. It's about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you had received and heard. Hold fast to it. Repent. If you don't wake up, I will come like a thief. And you will not know at what time I will come to you. And so when the Lord appears like a thief in the night, that's a metaphor for him coming to remove his light or his lampstand, i.e. spirit, from that church. This is what the Lord does to any church that stops faithfully obeying his written word for that church. Christ told the Bible church of Ephesus, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first. Or else I'm coming to you and I'll remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. What I share about the church being mostly biblically dead is not hyperbole. Here's an example of a really sad situation that can happen to a Christian church when the lamppost, i.e. the Spirit of God, leaves the building. Revelation 3.20. Again, Christ is speaking about a professing church of the living God in this verse. Christ says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, I will dine with them, and they with me. Imagine that. Isn't the idea that Christ can be on the outside of a Bible church and not functioning in that church a very sad picture? And what's really sad is a lot of believers don't even know that the presence of Yeshua Christ is not even in the building. The Apostle Paul had the same issue in his day. Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 through 21. If the Lord Yeshua is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no other believers like Timothy who genuinely care about your welfare. All the other believers care only for themselves and not for what matters to Yeshua Christ. Isn't that a sad testimony? Faithful Apostle Paul, and he couldn't find very, very many faithful believers. Now, I believe the Apostle Paul was speaking only about those believers who were directly one way or another involved in his ministry work. I don't believe he was talking about all believers. I believe that there are numerous factors that clearly reveal that the church is spiritually and biblically dead. And here are just a few. My first reason for believing that the church is biblically dead is, where are all the witnesses for Christ? 
Where are all those believers who are supposed to be evangelizing to the lost? Where are all the believers who should be personally, one-on-one, sharing their faith with the lost that are all around them, whether it's at the gas station or whether it's at work? I don't care where it's at. For the most part, the church has lost its love for the lost. Now, I know that there are some of you out there doing the Lord's work, but I've been a believer for over 40 years, and I can count on one hand the number of born-again believers who share the gospel of Christ with me, and I do a lot of open-air street evangelism. I've been witnessing to the lost for 40 years publicly on, on the byways and highways and marketplaces of where I live. In 40-some years, I've never had a Christian come to my door and offer to share Christ with me. The only people that show up are the Mormons and the JWs. For the most part, the church has left its first love, which should be the love story of Christ. Now, I'm not saying that there are not any believers going out as missionaries to the lost. There are a few, which is good, if these missionaries are actually sharing the gospel as missionaries. I say that because a lot of missionary trips these days are simply religious ventures where good people go help poor people fix stuff and then leave having never shared the message of Christ with those that they helped. Sadly, for the most part, the believer today has passed on their personal responsibility of sharing the gospel to those around them, onto the missionaries, or on some traveling evangelist who spends 99% of his ministry time preaching to the choir. Brethren, all of God's people should be living their Christian lives as missionaries for Christ. It's not just the lost people of Nigeria and India who need Christ. America is going down a toilet fast. And in 40-plus years of being a Christian, I've only had a few believers ever come up and approach me, and that was usually just to hand me a Bible track, not to really share the message with me. Christ told his followers, which would have been believers, if any of you are ashamed of me and my message in this adulterous and sinful world, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. If you think you're going to hear well done, good and faithful servant, simply because you're born again, you're gravely mistaken. Now here's another sign that the church is biblically dead. There's a near total lack of biblical discernment from God's people. Once you get past the third grade biblically, most believers don't have a clue on how to figure out what comes next. Many of today's believers stumble and bumble all over themselves trying to figure out any sound doctrines that require more than a third or fourth grade thought process. Again, I don't say that to be mean, it's simply a fact. Brethren, I've done over 100 podcasts sharing numerous biblical topics that God's people should have learned after being saved for five years or more, and yet 95% of them just don't get it. A lot of God's people today are like the believers of Christ's day. Christ's followers were born and raised with the scriptures, and yet they didn't have a clue what Christ was trying to get across to them even though it was written down in the Old Testament scriptures. Now here's another sign that the church is biblically dead. Near total lack of desire to want to know anything beyond the basic truths of God's written word. Now of course this issue is mostly because God's people have either forgotten how to discern biblical truth or because they don't really care about biblical truth. Those are the only two options available to American Christians. Now, I'm aware that most Christians know the basic, i.e. kindergarten truths of the Bible. The problem is, is that most believers have been stuck in mommy's milk mode for years and years and years. Listen to me, brethren. If you listen to my podcast, I know that you have learned stuff that you never were taught in church. So my question to you is, if you have listened to me and realized that you were wrong about one thing that you once firmly believed in, how many more things are you wrong about? Now, here's another sign that the church is biblically dead. Most Christian parents these days have no problem dumping, yeah, dumping their sweet, innocent children in today's anti-God, hedonistic, perverted, socialistic, Marxist government schools. 
Trust me, I use the term schools loosely. Today's government schools are cesspools of debauchery and evilness. The wife and I realize how bad they were 30 years ago and homeschooled our children. And those same government schools are much worse today. And don't feed me this crap about our public schools are different. They're not. Brethren, you see the socialistic morons coming out of college these days? Well, guess what? Now the government gets the opportunity to get, start propagandizing your children at a much younger age. What's it going to take Christian parents for you to wake up and get your kids out of these disgusting systems? Mark my words. These government stinkholes will be where your children will become so brainwashed that they won't have any problem taking the mark of the beast chip. And then they'll be turning on mommy and daddy when you refuse to take it. Here's a side note. I believe that the evil Dr. Fauci and all his evil minions used the government schools as the testing grounds for a future chip implant when they forced their fake COVID vaccines on the world. And look how easy it was for him and his minions to accomplish that. Matthew 10, 21. Christ said in the end times, a brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own children. And children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all the nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Remember, you heard that here first. Here's another side note. The words, but everyone who endures to the end will be saved, is speaking of being saved from a bad judgment at the judgment seat of Christ. And I say that because enduring is not part of the free gift, eternal life gospel of Christ. Anyways, I explained all this on a different podcast. Please check it out. Brethren, Christ warned his followers, woe to anyone who causes these little children to stumble. And if you don't think dumping your children in these disgusting government schools is a sin, you definitely lack biblical discernment. Or worse yet, you know the right thing to do, but you love your house and your car and your house on the lake and your boat and all that other stuff more than you do your children. Just saying. Here's another sign that the church is biblically dead. A near total lack of knowledge of God's truths. If you know your scriptures and you've been to a Wednesday night Bible study lately, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those Wednesday night Bible studies are not Bible studies. These supposed Bible studies are spiritual free-for-alls where every Tom, Dick, and Harry, and a lot of Janes get to toss their two cents worth of opinions into an already confused group of people. Sadly, people leave these Bible studies more confused than when they came in. Very few men of God teach with authority these days. And very few men of God teach as though they know what they're talking about. They loved Christ when he fed them and he healed them. But when he started teaching the truth, they hated him. So when you teach the truth, people are not going to like you. So if you have a mega church with 10, 20, 30, 40,000 people in it, you're obviously not doing the right thing. You're not teaching truth. You're just placating the sheep and you're teaching them all kinds of stuff doesn't offend them or bother them. And you're not using the Bible like a double-edged sword you're using it like a butter knife. The Apostle Paul told the men in the Corinthian church to stand up and act like men. I'm afraid many of the men in the churches these days have wimped out on their responsibility to be the spiritual leaders of their homes. And finally, here's another sign that the church, I believe the church is biblically dead. For the most part, the church doesn't even see how biblically compromised and corrupt they are. Sadly, because so many in the church are biblically asleep as they maneuver through life, they don't see that they have wandered off the rails of Bible truth. Over the last 30 years, I've tried on numerous occasions to share just some of the deeper truths of scriptures with believers that I thought would be excited to learn new stuff about God's written word. Sadly, most that I have shared with just don't care. Most believers today are happy feeding off the milk of God's word that their shepherds mince up and cut up and feed them every week. Most believers today are simply content to exist in their nice, warm, cozy churches, not causing any waves, 
not getting too excited about God's truths, and doing whatever it takes to be light. A lot of believers today, including many shepherds, think the best way to deal with some sins is by going to see some wacko secular psychiatrist so that they can get on some psychotropic drug, which they think will help them deal with sin issues. Now, I could go on and on and on and on with more reasons on why I know that the church is biblically asleep. But those six reasons are enough reasons to validate my points. I know that a lot of believers foolishly think that the Lord is going to do a monstrous worldwide revival just because he can't. Brethren, God doesn't work that way. He needs to see repented hearts and lost souls turning to Christ before he gets involved in any worldwide revival. Second Chronicles, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. At times I may shut up the heavens so that no rain falls, or command grasshoppers to devour your crops, or send plagues amongst you. Then, if that happens, if my people who are called by my name, which would be believers, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and restore their land. That's written to believers, brethren. Please notice God is clear. It's not just about praying for revival. It's about being obedient to God's word, to humbling ourselves, repenting of our disobedience to his word, and then he'll bless the land. But we need to be out there sharing our faith. Okay, Part of us loving on God is to be loving on his son. And the way we love on God's son is by sharing the story of his son with the world. You can pray for revival till the cows come home. But I tell you what, God doesn't change the heart of a lost person who doesn't want it changed. God doesn't change the heart of a carnal believer who doesn't want his heart changed. There's going to have to be a worldwide repentance before there's ever going to be a worldwide revival. Brethren, please listen to me. You might not like how I share what I share, but I promise you that I am telling you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. What's supposed to set true born-again, blood-bought believers apart from all other religions is a knowledge and understanding of God's truths. Born-again believers worship a God of absolutes. Our God is not a God of gray areas when it comes to truth. Our God says what he means, and he means what he says. And I'm afraid that for the most part, God's people have wandered so far away from the truths of scriptures that it won't be long before they start heading out to the desert, sincerely believing that they're going out to meet Yeshua Christ. Matthew 24, verse 4 through 5. And Yeshua answered and said to them, The end times, this is what it'll be like. In the end times, see to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. Not a few, but many. He goes on in Matthew 24, 9 through 11. Christ says, Then they will deliver you who are faithful to tribulation and will kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations because of my name. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and will mislead many. If you listen to Twitter or if you go on the Facebook or YouTube thing, you see all kinds of wacko people out there professing to be prophets of the Lord, and all they're sharing is religious gibberish people. You need to get back to the truth of scriptures. You want the Lord to talk to you? Get into your word. You want to hear from the Lord? Get into your word. You want to know what God wants for you in your life? Get into the word. Everything we have pertaining to godliness and righteousness is found in the Bible. Christ goes on to say in Matthew 24, verse 23, If anyone says to you, Behold, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe them. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, even if possible, the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance, Christ said. So if they say to you, Behold, he is in the wilderness, do not go out. Or behold, 
He is in the inner room. Do not believe them. For just as lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Now, what I'm going to share next is going to sound mean, but it's not. Please listen to me. You know, a believer who has a partial knowledge of the Scriptures sounds like a genius when he's talking to a bunch of believers who know nothing about the Scriptures. But that same man who has a partial knowledge of the Scriptures, when he tries to teach in front of people who know their Bibles, he sounds like a Bible moron. So people, the only way you're going to know if you're listening to a biblical idiot or a true man or woman of God is if you know your Bible. Otherwise, you're going to be easily deceived because you're going to think everything that sounds pious and holy is of the Lord when it's not. Your true friend in Christ, Brother Bob.